thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hello and welcome back to The Real Food Reel. Today we are joined by one of our most popular guests, Cal Brock from calbrock.com. In the past, Cal and I have certainly discussed lots of interesting gut health topics, which we will again today. Um, first, we're going to hear what cal has been up to, what his projects are for 2017, um, and then we might take a nice big left-hand turn and share with you some of the interesting stuff that he's working on in the future. So hi, Kale, and thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, thanks, Steph. Oi, it's funny because you're like Kale Brock from kalebrock.com. Like, I leave at kalebrock.com. <laughs> I wonder why you had a bit of a chuckle just then. <laughs> it's so funny. We talk about it being an online home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> But you actually do have a new home, so tell us all about that. Yes. Well, over the past um, three weeks, I've been making the move from Little Adelaide in South Australia over to Sydney on the East Coast, um, uh, actually up in the Northern Beaches. So it's been pretty different from my usual relaxed, casual lifestyle (laughs) because we've been trying to find a rental and, like, doing all this stuff and living out of the car and trying to run businesses from the car like it's been pretty hectic Mm. so it's been a challenge for sure they say that moving house is one of the most stressful things you do and I probably agree but um, I also think we've we've done it pretty well and we ended up getting the perfect house that we we wanted it was funny Emma and I were um, looking for houses for like three months before we came up and we really wanted a house in Avalon because that's my favourite spot in the whole of Australia. And um, we were constantly looking on the real estate app, like scrolling, refreshing, all the time, waiting for houses to come up. Nothing came up in Avalon. They kept coming up in all these different suburbs and we were like, okay, maybe we're just going to have to adjust. But lo and behold, as soon as we got here, within like a few days, two perfect homes came up in Avalon. Um, so we went and checked out them both and, and we actually got one. And we kept – there was one we really, really wanted and um, we kept like asking ourselves as after we put in the application we'd be like so where do you live and we'd like repeat the address back and we'd just keep <laughs> just like trying to manifest it and it actually it came through so we move in next week so it's been you know a pretty a fun experience and you know trying to relax and and be happy during this time has been mm. more difficult than normal but it's been it's been really really cool and I'm so excited to actually move in and settle in you know yeah, I guess it's one of those things where you've obviously got to do it. It's that whole light at the end of the tunnel. I find moving, you know, relatively stressful, but I guess it's about being focused on the outcome, which you know that you obviously it's your favorite place to live. So I'm sure you can focus on just getting in and, and getting settled. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've I've got the surfboards here, so I've been surfing. So I've been. I mean, it's once you've got those main boxes ticked, you really shouldn't have to worry too much. So, you know, it it's been it's been completely bearable and like you said it's it's that end result that we're really interested in it's going to be so nice to actually settle in the new house yeah awesome i'm so glad you manifested your dream place, so. <laughs> thank you <laughs> so why the move is that a career decision or is it lifestyle or a bit of a combination it's a mixture so i've always sort of got like three main legs of my life that i'm always focusing on um i've got my surfing i've got my work so as a as a journalist a health professional and then i mean a lot of people don't know this but i'm also an actor and i do a lot of acting stuff so that's my third sort of thing and and all those fields um all those three areas are actually probably better in sydney so it was a much it was a very smart move like um uh, obviously, this year I'm working on some really big projects, and to be based here is is quite advantageous to have access to certain experts and good waves, and obviously a lot more acting work as well. So yeah, yeah it's good. Awesome priorities. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. So a couple of projects that I'd love for you to share with us. Firstly, tell us what's been happening with the gut healing protocol and what you're doing there. Yeah, well, the book has done extremely well. We mm. um. We self-published, so we did an independent publish, um, which, you know, I say we, but it's really just me, isn't it? I just say we because we sounds better. But I just, you, <laughs> you know, your print, the- <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, mum, the accountant, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, paid, you know, the 20 grand or whatever it was to print out all these books and not knowing whether they were going to sell and it was sort of a big thing and I knew the message was good and in the end we ended up, you know, selling all the books and, and people have taken up the gut message really well and what I'm probably most proud of is is regardless of all the new gut information coming out, people keep saying that I was able to share it in a comprehensive sort mm-hmm. of easy to understand way and a gentle way. I think now with the gut message being so strong, there's too much emphasis on attacking microbes still. It's still like clearing out, clearing out. Yep, antifungal, mm. antifungal, antimicrobial, blah, blah, blah. When I think, you know, we really should be taking more of a nourishing approach to, to gut health. You know, you've actually got to nourish the gut so that it can support only the good bugs rather than just attacking the bad bugs all the time. So I think, you know, um, yeah, I'm really happy with that. And we, we're just, I just went through over the last couple of months, um, the book and, and did a, a nice little update and sort mm-hmm. of added in some new studies and just reworded a few things and, and made a big distinction between a gut healing protocol and a gut nourishing protocol um, and just sort of, yeah, cleared up a few things, corrected a few little errors and, and yeah, design, I went over a few design things. It was really the book that um, – should have came out in the first place but you know it didn't come out for various reasons so this time we're taking it up a notch and we've just partnered up with Govida the big um, health store chain around Australia and they're stocking my books and you know we just did a magazine with them where I released an article with them so it's going really well just to have like a consistent um, consistent feel in 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 that part of my business is kind of cool um, rather than like doing a gut event here and there and blah 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 it's it seems like it's really much more consistent now and I'm being consistent with articles and 
obviously we're, we're taking it a step further this year and, and doing the gut healing summit over the next couple of months. And then later in the year, the gut movie, which is, as you know, what I'm really passionate about is like storytelling and video and, and bringing it all together. So that's, it's so exciting where it's going. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so wrapped for you. The book's going so well. And I agree with you though. I think, you know, in that space, we, we're guilty and I put my hand up for this as well of, you know, using that term good or bad bacteria. And I think that it can be quite confusing to some people to, I guess, really understand what that means when the terminology is actually quite important. Mm, Absolutely. And, I mean, the thing is, the more I research Mm. this, the more I realise how little we actually know about the gut. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to be the whole premise of the documentary is that how much do we actually know about the gut do we even know what an optimal microbiome looks like? Mm. Because when you look at tribes like the Hadza, when you look at tribes like the uh, Ovahimba, um, Bushmen in Africa who have never been exposed to antibiotics before, who forage for their food and live a very wild traditional lifestyle, their microbiomes look completely different to what we would consider a healthy microbiome. They have high incidences of, of microbes which we would consider bad. You know, they they have parasites. They're exposed to various microbes, but they're also extremely healthy people. So it's this big paradox that we we probably think we know too much about, um, but we really are only just getting started. And that's where I hope to further um, that sort of research in the documentary. You know, we're going to go and live with the Ovahimba in uh, Namibia and do some microbiome testing and look at how my microbiome changes after living and eating like them. Um, So it's going to be a really cool experience. And I'm working with um, Dr. Margie Smith at Smart DNA down in Melbourne there. Cool. Uh, They've got a lab in Monash University and we're going to be looking at microbiome data there and and tie it all together. It's it's going to be really cool and I hope to really leave that sort of – it sounds a little bit cliche, but leave that sort of legacy on the, the microbiome and the gut field um, that, you know, we should be questioning and we should be um, not assuming that we know everything about the gut, but, you know, always falling back to a whole foods diet, you know, as a starting place because that's obviously going to be best for our gut and then, and then working from there. Yeah, that sounds so fascinating and I love that you're doing your own sampling because, you know, it's that bio-individuality that I, I think we lose sight of when we've got this sort of black or white template as to what is the optimal microbiome. But you're obviously going into an environment that you've never lived in before with very different food to what you normally eat. So, you know, a comparison between you and and obviously the, the cultures that have lived there for I don't even know how long, centuries perhaps. So that comparison is going to be fascinating in of itself. Yeah, it'll be so it'll be so fascinating. I mean, I was speaking to Margie Smith for the um, the interview we did for the Gut Healing Summit, and she was saying how she can look at someone's microbiome and just tell from that what their diet looks like. So she said, I can tell the green smoothie drinkers. I can tell the paleo people. I can tell the whole foods people. Um, and, you know, she was saying funny, on that topic um, quite consistently that, People who um, have eat a whole foods diet, and that is from a variety of food groups, even grains in there, um, tend to have the healthiest microbiomes. Um, 
and you know obviously there's going to be some little caveats in there in terms of some people might not be able to handle grains and then she was saying how a lot of paleo people she she tests have high levels of inflammatory markers when a paleo diet's meant to be um, anti-inflammatory so you know it does come down to bio individuality you've got to find what works for you and if you're not going to do the testing, then you've got to actually start listening to your body. And this is something that you and I always talk about is that it's got to come down to you mm-hmm. and how your diet and how your lifestyle actually works for you and your unique body. And the only person who can tell you that is you. So, yeah, it's a good message. Yeah, awesome. So how long are you going to be living in Africa? Well, I mean, it's quite expensive. Um, <laughs> Africa's not expensive, but the the permits to go and film yeah. are very expensive. And because um, for some weird reason I've got this thing about self-funding all of my projects <laughs> instead of going to like a, a production company or anything, I'm going to fund it all myself. Um, we'll probably stay there for around seven days, five okay. to seven days, So, mm. which is a, enough time for the microbiome to shift because it happens quite quickly. Um, so we should, yeah, we should see some very interesting things and obviously, um, we'll have some great experts in there as well. I mean, it's still quite a while away, but you know, these early stages of any project, uh, they're always pretty exciting as you start to map out the, the journey and the story. That's sort of my thing. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Super cool. So have you got some timelines that you can share with us for when we can find out more or release dates yet, or is it still too early for that? Yeah, I mean the movie. The movie's still up in the air in mm. terms of release dates and how we're going to release it. Um, whether it's via a festival or a tour, I'm not sure. But the the Gut Healing Summit, which is um, an online symposium filled with experts on the gut, like Dr. Margie Smith, um, Helen Patterson, Pete Evans, um, Damien Christoph, those sorts of guys. We're going to have um, those people in video interviews talking about the gut. Um, which is pretty exciting. So it's not just a dodgy Skype video that they've turned into a dodgy summit. It's a really, really high-quality summit, and that's going to air in March sometime, so not too far right. away. Um, so you hear about that on social media or you can jump on kalebrock.com. We'll, we'll have a bunch of stuff there. Or, I mean, you can sign up. Actually, I should be smart about this. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's, it's guthealingsummit.com. You can sign up Let's and you can hear about it. But Yeah, you'll hear about it on yeah. um, on social media i'm pretty sure yeah it's guthealingsummit.com i'm just having a bit of a a load here on the internet yep that's the one so yeah absolutely march 2017 and you can pop your email address in there guys to register so the link will be in the show notes so definitely check that one out yeah so the original airing is going to be free by the way so and then it's like the typical you know you've got to pay to have access to it lifetime lifetime access to it and you get bonuses and stuff yeah typical summer yeah awesome but so so many amazing guests it sounds like and certainly a really great resource for those wanting to learn more which basically should be everybody (laughs) yes hopefully yeah i mean the, the goal always with all this gut stuff that i do is to not um burden people with what they feel is too much Mm. information like it's to give them comprehensive actionable messages that they can take home and apply to their gut health so it's there's always going to be that feel of coming back to a consistent message you know what's the consistent message and so far um it's definitely been you know a whole foods diet is always the best place to start yeah Um, yeah yeah, so it's been really nice yeah beautiful That's very cool. Looking forward to next month then already, guys. Yeah, yeah. The corner. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So I wanted to talk um, next about 
some of the more recent studies that you've been exploring in relation to gut health. Mm. Um, and there's been some pretty cool work that Deakin University have been doing in regards to gut health and treating major depression. So tell us what you've come across there. Yeah, so Deakin um, released a, a trial, uh, released data from a trial um, last week, so early 2017, um, and it was the really sort of the first one, I would say worldwide, but I've seen a couple more that are a little bit smaller, but it's really the first one that showed a whole foods diet has been able to not only reduce depressive um, symptoms, but it was actually able to um, put patients into remission mm. with their depression, which is huge yeah. um, just from a whole foods diet. So basically this study, and let's set the groundwork here. We have 1 million Australians um, currently suffering from depression and a further 2 million living with anxiety. Um, and they're quite similar, depression and anxiety. Um, so really the study, it couldn't have come in at a, at a more appropriate time. So there's a very big need for us to actually address um, mental health because it's not going to go away. And what we've done so far, um, sad to say, is not really working, okay? The strictly pharmaceutical approach, um, you know, tapped with a little bit of um, psychological and behavioral you know, CBT therapy or whatever has not really worked. So um, the the study head was, uh, I've got it here, Professor Felicia Jacker. Mm-hmm. And she said, we've known for some time that there is a clear association between the quality of people's diets and their risk for depression. This is the case across countries, cultures, and age groups with healthy diets associated with reduced risk and unhealthy diets associated with increased risk for depression. However, this is the first randomized controlled trial, which is obviously very important, to directly test whether improving diet quality can actually treat clinical depression. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and read little um, excerpt from my article here. Yeah. In the study, adults with major depressive disorder were split into groups and either assigned social support, so that's like a, a psychologist mm. or perhaps, a, like I said before, CBT or some other um, interventions, or support from a clinical dietitian who prescribed food intakes reflective of the Mediterranean diet. So that's like lots of vegetables, um, some fruits, some whole grains, even some legumes, fish, lean red meats, olive oil, and nuts. Okay, so these treatments, these are prescriptions, if you will, extended over a three-month period before re-evaluations took place. Now, this is what I've got in bold here. The results of the study published in the International Journal BMC Medicine showed that participants in the dietary intervention group had a much greater reduction in their depressive symptoms over the three-month period compared to those in the social support group. At the end of the trial, a third this is 33% of those in the dietary support group, so that's the people eating the Mediterranean diet, the Mediterranean lifestyle, met criteria for remission of major depression. So that means their remission of major depression. It means their major depression went into remission. It went away. They lost the diagnosis compared to 8% of those in the social support group. So this is huge. Yeah. This is, you know, really giving... I would say more concrete evidence um, to the 
theories that we've had over the last sort of um, 10, 20, even 30 years with some people like Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride, you know, that the gut and the brain, and I would say the gut in that example, because we know that a whole foods diet contributes positively to the microbiome. And as a result, the microbiome, the bacteria make a lot more healthy neurotransmitters. So our neurochemistry is more balanced. We see less inflammation. We see less lipopolysaccharide moving into the bloodstream and moving into the brain and causing a whole bunch of uh, information processing issues. So we see this wonderful idea all of a sudden become very uh, concrete in terms of the evidence they've gathered in this trial. Now, I think this trial particularly will incite a whole bunch of others and we'll start to see, um, I think, you know, I'm actually right now in an Airbnb and I'm staying with uh, a girl who's a um, a psychologist and she was sort of saying, we were having a chat about this and she was sort of saying there's going to be a huge need over the next 10, 20 years for psychologists to be very well versed in nutrition and for psychiatrists so these are the drug prescribing ones, um, to be very able and open to prescribing nutraceuticals and things like probiotics um, rather than just relying on pharmaceuticals, which we know do not um, reverse things. They actually only manage um, symptoms. So it's a, it's a huge trial, and I think it's a, it's a very powerful thing. And again, we see the Mediterranean diet come up a lot. What does the Mediterranean diet look like? It's a whole foods diet. So we see a very wide array of foods, lots of colors and lots of high antioxidants, fruits and vegetables. Um, and we can mimic that. You know, We don't have to wait until we're depressed to actually try it. If we actually start eating that way now, we can start to experience the benefits of doing so. And you would know, as I I would know I would probably call myself depressed in this time if I didn't eat healthy you know and even during this time it's been very hard to eat healthy you know we've gone and gotten gluten-free pizza which it's been processed and it's crap food really <laughs> it's been hard but I think without having adequate nutrition and that really fundamental base um, baseline that is you know, good nutrition, it would have been very hard to deal with the stressful circumstances that I've been in right now. So I think that's the case across the board. You see it consistently when you see people who are very healthy, um, very uh, conscious of what they eat and what they put on their bodies and how they live. They're much more adept at dealing with stressful circumstances. And that's where this comes in because everyone's going to feel sad or anxious at one time in their lives. Everybody. Okay. Just because you feel sad or anxious doesn't mean you are depressed or you have anxiety, okay? In a natural, normal situation, those feelings would come and go and you would deal with them. Now, when it starts to become a disease is when those feelings don't go away regardless of the circumstances. So what this study is showing is that by feeding the body what it needs, the right raw materials, there is a balancing effect, if you will. Maybe it's on our neurochemistry. Maybe it's on our inflammatory markers in the blood. Maybe it's on our microbiome and the different balance of microbes in there. Maybe it's on all three um, that comes from the diet that can actually help us in this situation. So we don't need to be too emotionally um, involved with it we don't need to say well you don't know what it's like to have a mortgage you don't know what it's like to have kids blah 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 blah. all those things are always going to happen it's how we deal with them and how we actually support ourselves to deal with them that's going to be the biggest thing as we head on into the future because i can say pretty i'm pretty sure that things aren't going to get less stressful in the future if we look at what the past you know my parents or grandparents generation had to deal with it was a pretty 
calm, chilled out lifestyle. Now it's completely different. We've got everybody's working nine till five. Everybody's flipping through their social media feeds, stimulus, stimulus, stimulus. Everybody's dealing with all these different stresses. So we need to find ways to actually deal with them. They're not going to go away. So I think this is a really good place to start with diet and with lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you said, this study is really going to pave the way because whilst the outcome is great to see in that situation with obviously a very well-controlled study, hopefully the outcome is not that surprising, at least not to you and I, Mm. but to, to have that research be the catalyst for many more studies and certainly that next step to have a look at exactly what change we see. So at what level did that food or that Mediterranean diet change the gut? and what that obviously then created in terms of neurotransmitter production and the resolution of those symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. And they've shown um, in certain studies on mice, so they they isolate these different parts of the body to really control and and work out what it is exactly which Mm. um, gives these effects. So there's various studies done on mice where they give them probiotics and then um, (laughs) expose them to stressful circumstances. So for instance, and this is, I mean, it's kind of comical, but it's also a little bit cruel. They'll have them like walk over a bridge where where there's water underneath. So mice don't like water. So it's like a stressful situation. Mm. Um, So they've found that mice, they give probiotics. So specific probiotic strains like, um, what's the specific one? It could even be rhamnosis. I'm not sure, but there's plenty of studies out there. Um, When they give them these probiotics, they actually feel less stressed in those circumstances, so they exhibit more of a calm behavior. They then also test their cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, and they find that they produce less cortisol if they're on the probiotics. Now, what they also did to make sure that it was indeed the probiotics doing this and there wasn't just one chilled group of mice genetically and one stressed group of mice genetically, they actually... um, it's called a, a vagotomy, where they actually uh, snip the vagus nerve that connects the gut to the brain in these mice, and they still give one group the probiotics and they still give one group nothing. And what happens is that all the mice get stressed. So right. that that, that um, effect of the probiotic that is, goes into the gut, it doesn't actually affect the brain if the vagus nerve is snipped. So that shows indeed that there is a connection between the gut and the brain and it is indeed the probiotics effect on the gut which leads to the brain that causes that reduction in stress. Now remember, these are mice. These aren't human. But that's the best place to start for us because unfortunately we can't be walking around snipping people's vagus nerves and making them run over a bridge with a rapid waterfall underneath to stress them out and test them. So that's the best place to start. And, you know, always. As always, as as has been the case for the past 100 years, um, mice studies have been very indicative of how the human body works as well. So um, there's a lot of that stuff going on. And I think you're right when you say that we'll start to understand the mechanistic ideas of what's going on a lot more. Um, But my whole thing is don't wait to take action. Don't wait to realize that, oh, it's actually the, the probiotic it's the maltodextrin in the capsule that we've been giving that's actually giving all this health benefit, which is not going to be the case. But we don't need to wait for these things to be confirmed or denied before acting on this sort of information because it's quite general, because it's quite gentle. You know, the worst thing that's going to happen by actually eating a Mediterranean-style diet or a whole foods diet is that you get healthier. 
that's it. Okay, so we can actually start that now and then work out the mechanistic functions of it later on. And that's my whole that's been my whole thing for a really long time is that if we just be logical about this, you know, what is going to work for the human body? Oh, wow, it's real whole food. Who would have thought? <laughs> so when we look at it like that, I think we're going to start to make strides quickly, you know, and um, unfortunately a lot of people are going to be too late to the table with this and you know I deal with people like that all the time who don't want to act on this sort of information they'll say well where's the science and they're not even looking at the science you know yeah. so this, this is the whole thing we've got to be aware of this now and we've got to be logical and we've got to take a pragmatic mindset to it because otherwise we're just going to keep swimming up that river called denial yeah that's the thing though like it's pretty amazing to think that it took us until 2017 to actually find that i mean like it does show you unfortunately where the science has been and particularly in that mental health realm that for a long time we only thought that the pharmaceutical route was a a potential and Mm. obviously therefore the research and the funding was just very much in that specific area well, it's, it's ridiculous because, mm. you know, and, and these, and I'm just going to go all out here, these pharmaceutical <laughs> companies make billions of dollars and yet they expect us to fund their research. What is that about? Why are we funding a multi-billion dollar company to to come up with a new drug that they can then make more billions of dollars on? It's completely ridiculous. You know, we're not going to... Uh, win a problem we're not going to overcome a problem by throwing money at it that's never ever been the case in the whole of history when we have um, something and we throw more on top um, it never fixes it it's like war if we throw money at, at war and terrorism there tends to be more war and terrorism it's a it's a very interesting thing i think we've probably given out the responsibility for our health to other people way too much you know and you know Unfortunately, it has been the pharmaceutical companies who have said, yes, we'll look after you as long as we make billions of dollars off these these pharmaceutical items. We'll, we'll come and help you. Um, and, you know, hopefully now, like you said, with this sort of study, which shouldn't have come out in 2017, it should have come out in 2000, um, we will see more government money. Uh, being funded towards or university money if you will being funded you know more towards this sort of uh, prophylactic preventative medicine research Um, but you know as again when you give a probiotic when you prescribe a mediterranean diet you don't make a lot of money from it no one's making money (laughs) off the mediterranean diet no one's patented the mediterranean diet no one's patented the paleo diet so no one's going to pay for a study on it it's quite hard to, to do when we live in a capitalistic society. You know, I'm not a communist, but I think that um, we do need to be – we need different people in charge, to be honest. I think that's one of the biggest issues here is that we have a bunch of old people in charge who really are out of touch with what's what's going on both politically and in the education realms and in various governing bodies. We have people who are completely out of touch with what's going on. And I think that's what I'm really proud of with, with our generation is that we are so well informed. Like you try and lie to a Gen Y and they'll Google whatever yeah. you lie about and they yeah. know in a second. So, you know, we're, we're much more well informed now. And I think with that um, level of information availability, 
there's going to have to be so much more accountability for our governing bodies. For people who control the funding, there's going to be way more accountability. So they're going to have to say, well, look, this research is quite promising, so let's actually give the um, uh, director of Deakin's Food and Mood Centre, Professor Felicia Jacker, let's give her a lot, you know, another $10 million grant so she can do more studies. You know, So that I think that'll, that'll change over time because we've found – you know, we've used pharmaceutical drugs for a long time now and we realise that they don't work. You know, they are life-saving in certain instances, but for um, all the other instances where the, it's not an emergency, they're not actually that necessary. We've seen it with antibiotics and the rise of antibiotic resistance. We've seen it with um, psychiatric medication, which is on topic here. You know, it might work initially, but then we need higher doses. We don't actually experience remission for the patients, even though it might help them in the first place. You know, um, it, it's got to come from a more holistic, pragmatic perspective because we're constantly putting ourselves in a health debt, in a financial debt. It's not actually working. So how nice that we're going to see some change. And I tell you what, if I could vote whoever's in charge of all this stuff, I would vote for the youngest person there, <laughs> the one with the least experience. <laughs> with the most open mind, no doubt. With the most open mind. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. So let's take our left-hand turn, although it's very much still on topic. Um, you know, you and I were chatting before we started recording about what's been going on, as you mentioned, um, with a move and feeling much more stressed than your normal cruisy life. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about, you know, how you like to deal with that and we'll connect that back with gut health and mental health. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose it's kind of been appropriate. And it's funny how all this sort of stuff comes and, and, and comes in at an, at an appropriate time. Um, this has been stressful. Like this has yeah. been quite, and there have been occasions where Emma and I have just been lying in bed, refreshing the real estate app going, shit, nothing's going to come up. Mm. Like what is going on? And then we applied for the house and, you know, the real estate agent was like, look, I really like you guys. You know, we're going to, we're going to try and get you this house and, we're thinking, and then we get home and it's like, do you reckon she says that to everyone? <laughs> and, you know, we're overanalyzing yeah. things. It's just a stressful time. So completely not my normal self. So during those sort of times, I always find that the biggest thing I could do, it would be easy to sink into that feeling and to sink into that um, experience and say, okay, now is the time when I give myself permission to be stressed and depressed and down and grumpy. Yeah. But... I don't know. There's something in me, I suppose, there's something in, in a lot of people that says, no, there's there's got to be something you can do. So for me, it's always about finding anchors, you know, your own personal anchors to help you, I don't know, deal with whatever's going on in your life at that time. For me, as you know, and you're probably expecting this, it's, it's surfing. Yeah. Surfing's my place to go and completely switch off and just be me be absolutely creative be one with nature and all that cliche weird stuff (laughs) just completely feels good that's the the biggest thing it just feels good and i've always been of the inclination that whatever feels good um and you know inherently that is very healthy and good for you you should do more of, you know, mm. I think in this life we are too focused on the have-tos instead of the want-tos. So surfing has been this big thing for me in order to stay balanced and, and on an even keel because as soon as you get in the water 
as soon as you're riding a wave, you're not thinking about anything else. And that's where sort of flow state, if you will, comes into it or present state awareness. That's where it's the same thing that meditation talks about. It's the same thing that yoga talks about. It's being present state aware. So it's being in flow. And this is, you know, a massive topic, but it's not something that's getting a lot of traction just yet. And I hope to sort of look into it a lot more um, in the coming years. And flow is essentially just you being in the given moment. So if we all whoever's listening to this, if we all just take a moment now to actually check in, so to actually hear my voice floating around your car or floating amongst your earphones and only think about that voice and then think about how your body is right now, so check in, all that sort of stuff, you're almost probably in flow right now. And so you're only aware of what's going on in the given moment. You're aware of nothing else. And that's something that's becoming more hard to achieve. It's becoming harder to achieve um, in today's lifestyle because we have so many things demanding our attention. Uh, It's very hard to relax and breathe and actually enjoy that moment. And that's why we see a lot of people now are meditating. You know, if you listen to the Tim Ferriss show, every third word is meditation. (laughs) Yeah, it it is because, you know, these are all high-level executives who have very high, strong lifestyles who would probably crash if they didn't meditate. Now, for me, meditation doesn't work because I find flow in surfing so easily that I'm often in flow, like speaking to you. I'm in flow. I'm not thinking about everything else that's going on. So it's been quite easy for me, but that's why meditation works for a lot of people who don't have surfing you know they don't have yoga they need some place to actually check in and come back into flow and i find that even now just talking to you and explaining that whole thing i've completely forgotten any stress that's Mm. gone and um the you know because if you think about it is there anything wrong right now with this given moment right now there's nothing wrong okay everything's okay everything's as it should be and you know professor eckhart toll talks about this he's you know more esoteric than than i'd like him to be but he's <laughs> he's the, sort of the thought leader in in the now field and all that sort of stuff he says anything that is going to happen will happen in the now anyway it's going to happen in the present moment it just hasn't happened yet anything that has happened it happened in the now so it happened in the present moment. So you don't need to worry about it. Now, obviously, you need to be pragmatic with your lifestyle. You know, I had an interview this morning at 9 a.m. with Steph, so I've got to be ready for that. But once I'm there, I'm there. I'm not anywhere else. And it's been that attitude, that sort of easy sink into flow. And I truly believe this is why surfers are so healthy most of the time. And this is why surfers come off as that relaxed, you know, chilled out surfer dude. It's because we're able to go into flow so often and it just makes everything else so much easier. So I think the more you can find those anchors throughout your life, whether yours is meditation, whether yours is getting in the garden and pulling out weeds, whether it's lawn bowls, whether it's surfing or yoga, you know, finding that and using those and giving yourself permission to go and do those, even though you don't make money from them, even though you don't um, actively help out anyone else by doing it, giving yourself permission to do those, you're always going to be in a better mental space. And regardless of the stress that comes and goes, it's always going to come and go, um, you're better equipped to, to deal with that, I think. And that's why um, 
I've, you know, been driving up 40 when we were staying in Mossman for the first couple of weeks. I was driving up 40 minutes to the surf because I knew that once I got in the water, I was going to be chilled. And even when I get out the water, there's this after effect for the next couple of hours where I'm just chilled. You know, everything's okay. So I encourage you to find those things. I'm sure your step is maybe riding or running, you know, doing your long distance stuff. When you're in a marathon, you easily, you enter flow state a lot, I'm sure. So um, those sorts of things are really powerful and we shouldn't undervalue them i think and again people are obsessed with the the have to's now instead of the want to's and often it's those want to's that provide windows of of glowing health i think and and windows of power that we can carry on to all the other parts of life and you know i sound like i know what i'm talking about but this is something that i want to actually research a lot more and speak with a lot of experts about because you know again like the gut we've known for so long that it's really powerful it's actually been heavily studied now how the brain goes into flow state and how it actually enters it and there's a brilliant book called um the rise of superman which really hones in on um the extreme sports aspect of flow state and how extreme sports compared with other sports have just pushed the boundaries again and again and again and again and again very exponentially over the last um, couple of decades because of flow state and what it does to your learning capabilities and what it does to your creativity um you know but as an as an artist i suppose that's always the place you strive for and i'd love to see that people when they talk about meditation when they talk about yoga when they talk about surfing i love for people to realize they're talking about the same thing and that is yeah i totally agree with you and i think you're right that the flow state is not new per se but most of the information is around that elite sports person so Mm. those that don't see themselves that way probably don't see that it's actually important for them as well and i also think that you know meditation is one of those really sort of polarizing topics where some people are just like dead set nut doesn't work for me Mm. Um, which, you know, is fine as long as you have something that does. Yeah. And that yeah. doesn't need to be sitting still. It can be I'm a big believer in, you know, moving meditation, which I'm sure is exactly what you experience in surfing. Um, so that's a really, really important point because it is, it again, comes back to that individuality. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I've spoken with people about this and, I was trained as a health and exercise coach in the in the Czech Institute, and Paul Czech is very, very open minded. However, when it comes to meditation, it's no, you have to be still. But don't you every- find that really ironic that someone that's yes. supposed to be a um, mm-hmm. guru, so to speak, could be so narrow minded in how it's actually approached? Like to me, that's a massive case of irony. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I mean, I also value his forty years of experience, mm. whatever it is. But um, I also always come back to, no, I'm going to trust my instincts on this because I know that me surfing is my meditation, yeah. is my thing. Um, and no one can really say, well, no, I know what's going on, on in your body better than you. Um, you've got to sit still and, and try and do yeah, this breathing thing, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? I think you've got to make it work for you. And if yeah. you move moving meditation is your thing and true meditate true meditative flow state not just like going to crossfit and busting it out and blah 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 blah, blah and yeah. doing all that maybe that is for you but not just um being dishonest with yourself actually finding those 
those things that make you feel so much better, that can completely take the stress away, can make you go, oh, two hours just flew by. Those sort of things um, are really, really powerful and I think massively undervalued in today's society and like I've I've hoped to have done with the gut, I want to bring more attention to it in a in a nice, easy way that breaks down those traditional barriers, yeah. such as oh, meditation. No, that's for Buddhists. You know, that's for monks, and that's not for <laughs> not for Westerners and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, awesome. We look forward to that. It's uh, been so good to catch up with you again. Uh, always love our chats, and I'm sure it's been very. Uh, educational and useful for all our listeners today um yeah so obviously a big year ahead with the gut health summit and then the movie so we'll get you back on um later this year no doubt to chat about the next stages of those projects that'd be rad yeah hopefully i can bring it to to melbourne that's sort of my idea so far is to do a bit of a tour with it but we'll see how it goes and we'll be able to catch up and maybe do a bit of a live podcast or something that'd be sure and i'm in sydney at the end of um march so oh well you have to come and stay i will i'll shoot you a little text and we'll go for a smoothie or something like that (laughs) yeah i'll take surfing how about that steffi oh i'll give it a crack for sure (laughs) i'll need some lessons Awesome. Thanks again for your time, Carol, and we'll chat soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show again. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.